Lord Jesus, we thank you that as a congregation this morning, we can gather together and give you thanks. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your immense grace to us as your people. We thank you, Lord God, that we can gather together and celebrate the fact that Christ has risen, that Christ is our Lord, that you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. And blessed Holy Spirit, we thank you. We welcome you to come amongst your church and to encourage us and to speak to us. We thank you that after 16 months of being apart, that today we can gather together in person and lift our voices up and give thanks to you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray, God, for our city and for every church in our city that you would bless every church and cause them to be blessed and to prosper and to know the presence of God within their congregations and their life. And Lord, as we rebuild, as we reshape, as we move forward, I pray that the body of Christ will be stronger. I pray that the body of Christ will be more devoted. I pray that the body of Christ will experience just the renewing presence of God at work in Kelowna and beyond in this valley, we pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that we are present this morning and we are truly grateful to you. We feel a bit overwhelmed, Lord, we confess, to see one another to be close to one another, to, to greet old friends. And Father, I thank you that we, we do sense the Spirit of God amongst us at this moment. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, a very good morning to you. Welcome to Willow Park Church. And we're delighted that you've uh, joined us this morning. And under these unique circumstances, are willing to come and to worship and to praise the Lord. We had no idea what would happen. I was a little nervous. I've been dreaming about it for like three nights. You know when you have those stress dreams? And you kind of stream. They're usually that you wake up and you're not wearing your pants. But... It was a stress dream of, uh, of what's going to happen. There'll be me and Michelle sat on the front row with Jordan. That's a nightmare. And there we were. But you know what? Uh, the, the body of Christ, the body of Christ has, uh, has gathered together and I'm delighted. And thank you so much for so many of your kind words. Uh, 16 months has been a long time. We have tried to keep moving. We've tried to keep engaged. We have uh, endeavoured to keep our ministries afloat and moving forward. It has not been perfect. It's not always been as we've desired. But we've certainly wanted to run the race and run it well. We've certainly wanted to keep the church together and to keep the fabric of the church in our city and beyond and keep supporting as well, uh, navigating the uncharted waters of our era and of our time. And so this morning is just uh, overwhelming and wonderful. Maybe you're, you're here this morning for the very first time, or you just want to reconnect, or you want to connect. 
please look at one of these cards and we want to welcome to Willow Park Church and, and please drop this off at the end. If you uh, want to connect with us, want to grow with us, want to journey with us, we would love that. We would absolutely love it. Well, we have, um, you've met Katrina, that was very nice. She's our new youth uh, uh, director who is responsible for uh, preteens and, um, and younger teen girls and just generally everything. Get to know her, get your daughters, get your kids getting to know her. Uh, she'll be at camp all next week and then she'll be at our family camp down at Pines and then she'll be there for another week. So we won't see her now for a couple of weeks. Uh, but we are glad that you're part of our family and glad that you've joined our team. We've been on a process of following through what we've called the Powered Up. This for this very moment. We wanted to prepare you and we wanted to be aware of what powers the church. And the truth is that what powers the church is the power and work of the Holy Spirit. But what powers the church first and foremost is the prayer of the saints. We cannot proceed forward without being fueled by our intimacy and our devotion to Christ within our lives. Christians who abandon a deep and meaningful prayer life are on the journey towards being worn out and burn out and on that journey towards losing their compass of their faith. And yet the Lord calls us to be a people of prayer. We've spoke about the work of the Holy Spirit. I've reminded you online that the Holy Spirit, of course, is God, is, is a person, is eternal, was present and is the spirit of all truth, was present at creation, was present when the word of God was breathed into life, was there that it teaches us all things. We can grieve the Holy Spirit by our wrong attitude. We can grieve the Holy Spirit by our own unforgiveness. The Holy Spirit is not pigeon religion. The Holy Spirit is the dove of God that rests on us, that is sensitive and present and wonderful. And yet we have to approach the Holy Spirit with that sensitivity and know that, yes, as Ephesians teaches us, we can grieve the Holy Spirit by our anger. We can grieve the Holy Spirit and this as if the dove flies off by our wrong attitudes. The Holy Spirit is always present, to rightly so, to convict us of our sin. The Holy Spirit always guides us and leads us in the paths and the way that we should go. The Holy Spirit speaks only what the Father gives the Holy Spirit to speak. The Holy Spirit is the voice of prophecy about events to come towards the end. And we're living in shifting times. We're living in unprecedented times when we're facing social pressure upon us, social policy, whereby the church is being pushed to the very margins of society. But we have always thrived on the very margins of society historically. We have always thrived when society and empires have looked at us in a disdained way. Why? Because we have the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives. And as we move forward, we have to prepare ourselves 
and continue to prepare ourselves that as Christians, we need to be self-feeding. As Christians, we've learned that we can't depend. We have to depend upon our relationship with our Lord and we have to grow in that strength. Thank the Lord for the internet. But what would have happened without the internet? Thank the Lord for all the wonderful tools of Zoom and so on. But what would have happened? Where would you and I have been? Well, I have seen you and I've seen the way that you've responded to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The way that in the middle of this, the Holy Spirit has reminded you of beautiful things. The way that the Holy Spirit has come and has has given you power to continue Power to go through the emotionally draining experience of what we've gone through. The Holy Spirit has been present with us, giving us the gifts in the body for us to be able to work and to minister those wonderful ministry gifts. And he is always leading us and leading us and guiding us. As Spurgeon once said, you know, when I looked at Jesus, the Holy Spirit flew in. When I looked at the Holy Spirit, he flew out. Because the one thing that he desires to do is the Holy Spirit. to glorify the Son in all his glory and all his wonder and all his amazement. And he brings us closer to him. And as we come closer to the presence of the Holy Spirit within our lives, do you know what happens? Our characters are transformed. He changes us. He renews us. He brings that character into our lives. The things we struggle with. The things we battle with in our our series through the summer, because it will be, you know, different Sundays and people are away, will be each fruit of the Spirit as we move out of powered up and moved into a season and power of character transformation and how we understand that within our lives. The great preacher Lloyd-Jones who preached for many years at at Westminster Chapel, the great bastion of Calvinistic uh, sermons and and preaching and a centre right there next to the Houses of Parliament, been there many times, spoken there. But as as he would often say, his dear wife would say, to understand Lloyd-Jones, the great revivalist of the evangelicals, you have to understand that first of all, he is a man of prayer. That's how you understand Lloyd-Jones. And I want to say that first of all, I want to remind us that we are living behind enemy lines. We've realized that, we've seen it in so many ways. And we're living in a world, we're living in a changing space, we're living in a culture shift, we're living in what they call a reset, we're living in all kinds of different changes. But let me tell you, the church has always lived in great change. We've always been present. We've been present for over 2,000 years through the shifting and moving of life and behind enemy lines. But you know, Paul taught us something remarkable and Christ modeled it in beauty. He taught us how to pray in the spirit. And what I want to share with you for a few minutes is remind you as we begin and we open the church again that we have to continue to be a people that pray in the Spirit. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keeping on praying for all the Lord's people. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Does it mean that you simply 
speak in tongues. Often interpreters have taken it that way. Well, let me say I don't believe that. I believe that to pray in the Spirit is for a Christian to enter into a a beautiful place with intimacy with Christ. That may be a spiritual experience. It may be that moment of divine intimacy that you have. But it's pretty clear that Paul is speaking to everybody to pray in the Spirit. That we're all called to be a people of praying in the Spirit. That when we pray in the Spirit, we experience it. And he seems that we pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. All kinds of prayers. That could be prayers of praise. That could be prayers of liturgy. That could be prayers of, of meditating on scripture. That could be prayers of, of declaring the goodness of God. That could be a prayer of, of silence before the very throne of God. But what it says in all occasions with all kinds of prayers, don't pray any other way. Church, learn to pray in the power of the Spirit. Because when we pray in the power of the Spirit, we We are changed, the church is changed, and the world is changed. And what we need now is a generation of believers who are willing to pray in the Spirit. Pray for the Lord's people. The spiritual history of mission or the church is written in the prayers, in in its prayer life. The spiritual mission of the church, of, the, of, of our church, is written in its prayer life. Our mission, our church, is only as strong as our prayer life. In fact, I want to say to you, for our families, that our spiritual history of our families is written in our prayer life. When you spend time in prayer, you are writing the spiritual history of your family. When you spend time in prayer, you are bringing spiritual history into your children, into your grandchildren, into your great-grandchildren. And your prayers will never be wasted when you bring them to the Lord. We want that. We want to see that. How many of us are dying and praying for our prodigals to come back? How many of us are believing? So how do you understand praying in the Spirit? Well, the best way I thought of explaining it to you, praying in the Spirit, was to talk about praying in the flesh. So what is to pray in the flesh in this journey? Well, of course, to pray in the flesh is to do it in our own strength. It is to approach it in a sluggish way. A disingenuous way. A way where we just may just pray doctrinal words, but we don't mean it in the heart. Where it's about diction. Where it's about the way that we speak. Where it's about that beautiful story that Jesus told about the Pharisee that prayed in the temple and the poor man next to him. It's not about the power of the might of our words. It's about the position of our heart. And praying in the flesh is when we approach it without reverence. Praying praying in the flesh is when we approach it in our own strength. Praying in the flesh is when we pray always our own opinion rather than the opinions of heaven. We have to be aware that we're all in danger of praying in the flesh. 
You're in danger of allowing it to become routine and religious. We're in danger of it becoming trite. But what Christ is looking from each one of us is just openness and intimacy and the glorious relationship where we can fall before our Lord and he loves us. His mercy is great and he cares for each one of us. When you join that moment of praying in the spirit, it's as if there comes a beautiful communion moment. You are carried along. You have a sense that you are not lost orphans in this world, but you are adopted sons and daughters of the King of Kings. That you realize for a moment that there, there is a boldness to take hold of the promises of God and you enter the quiet place, the beautiful place. Yes, Sometimes it takes a little while to get there. Sometimes we feel the work of that. Sometimes we have to break through our own sluggish characters of coming and learning to start to pray in the spirit. To find that quiet place. To sense that. It's a little bit like, you know, we've all done a lot of cycling in COVID, haven't we? I mean, you can't buy a bicycle anywhere, could you? At one point, everybody is like, there's loads now for sale, by the way, and they're really cheap. Uh, but honestly, but I, I, of course, I got my bike out. It was cycling. Uh, but I realized that there's a difference between going uphill and coming downhill. Going uphill is hard work. Going downhill is glorious, particularly when it's 35 plus, Right. And you feel the wind, you feel the joy, you, 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 you reach that point and suddenly you start, you start going downhill and you're flying down and you, it, it's wonderful. I remember those days as a paper boy when I was a paper boy for a little while in England. You had to get up in the morning, you had to slug, I didn't last very long, uh, but you had to slug your way through it and you go up the English hills and down the English hills. And, but when you come down the hills, it was fantastic. And we all, all the paper lads had this little game we used to play. Who could go down the longest hill with their hands in the air and their feet spread out without wiping out? Uh, yeah, it was painful. <laughs> but the truth is this. When we enter the place of praying in the spirit, it's like suddenly you're flying downhill. You feel the wind of the presence of God and you know you're connecting. Come on, you've experienced that. Maybe you're not a Christian, but I want to tell you that the remarkable thing about our relationship with Christ is that it becomes that moment of freedom, of joy as we learn to pray in the spirit. How, how do we quench the spirit in our lives and not pray in the spirit? Well, simply by not obeying the impulse to pray. As we've taught you, you are sealed at salvation with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You are sealed, you are affirmed, you are secure, you are authenticated when you give your life to Jesus Christ and you receive the presence and the seal of the Holy Spirit. That's wonderful. And that spirit dwells within you. And in a believer, we know that because of the deposit of heaven to come. A deposit of eternity. A deposit of the future. 
But the incredible and remarkable thing is, is that also the Spirit nudges us and reminds us when to pray, reminds us how to pray, reminds us that we should pray. Have you had those moments when you've woken up in the middle of the night and you've thought of somebody and you've started to pray and then you've discovered that something was going on in that person's life? I remember when Michelle and I got in a a terrible car accident in the Serengeti in Africa. It's not a place to get into a car accident. It was full of all the team we were leading. We were driving. The driver was driving across the Serengeti and his um, Toyota Land Cruiser hit some water. We saw some ostriches. I don't even like ostriches. I can see an ostrich in in Kamloops, and, and you go along, and, and suddenly I could feel it planing. And, and I said to Shell, I said, I think we're going to flip. And at that moment, we flipped. It was, a, it was a, a terrible time, and people were injured, and we had to be rescued by math. It's quite a story. But what was remarkable was that when people connected with people at home, People were woken up. People knew. People started to pray. They were prompted by the presence of the Holy Spirit at that moment. And don't miss those moments when the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray for somebody and encourages you and says, pray right now. Because you can Know that presence of God at work within your life. You can know that. You mustn't ignore it. You must know those. Why? It's interesting, isn't it? That this verse in Ephesians comes straight after the famous verses of that we are in a spiritual battle. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes fitted with the readiness of the peace of the gospel. Take up the shield of faith and also take hold of the sword, which is the word of God. We are called to be in a battle. We are in a battle. And the key thing to success in a battle is one thing, is communication. I mean, if you know history, you know how the German Enigma code was broken because they were able to decipher the communications in the, uh, between the U-boats in the mid-Atlantic. They were able to intercept because of great Polish mathematicians and then later uh, the British took it on at Belichem and there they devised, and it was made into a film with Benedict Cumberbatch and it was all very exciting. But these people understood what it was to communicate and the importance of communication to winning a war. For the church, we have to learn to communicate with Jesus Christ. We have to pray in the spirit and keep praying. The importance of prayer because we listen to our Lord who is our functional Lord. We listen to him and he comes and speaks to us and we learn to pray in the spirit and he is with us. And there's something about communication and there's something about persistence. And please do not give up on your persistence towards the Lord in your prayers. Keep knocking on that door. 
Keep believing. Keep asking. C.S. Lewis said that it's a little bit like that the church has been put behind enemy lines and the prayers of the church sabotage the work of the enemy. We are in a battle. It's a battle that is raging and we have to choose our weapons. Our weapons are not of a human nature. They are spiritual. They are weapons of confession. They are weapons of forgiveness. They are weapons of listening to God's voice. They're weapons of the word of God that as we consume and read the Bible, the Bible empowers us and speaks to us and the Spirit is work. Have you ever wondered why you when you're in prayer, you and in the spirit, as it were, you understand the Bible more. Well, I can tell you why. Because the spirit wrote the Bible. And when you're submitted to the spirit, you understand the Bible like you've never understood it before. And we experience that within our lives. Ephratus, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I love this. Every church needs a group of people that are wrestling in prayer. We need to keep wrestling. We need to keep believing. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, as for it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. The one thing I understand about prayer is that yes, we have an intimate devotion with Christ. But prayer is also meant to be done together because when we pray together, we agree together and heaven hears us. Your prayer triplet is critical in your life. Your prayer partner The prayer between husband and wife agreeing for our children is critical. Fostering that agreeing with one another and that it it shall be done. However you interpret that verse, I want to tell you something. It's pretty clear that Jesus wants us to pray together. That Christianity is not a solo religion. It's not privatized, it's community, like the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I think the one thing we realized as we stepped into the pandemic was that we have to, like never before, focus on prayer groups, small groups, because we may face a variant once again. We may face a shift once again, and it's up to us to be ready to gather together in prayer. That we are strong in groups. This was the power of the early church. They all joined together consistently in prayer. Along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. Notice that they all joined together consistently. And I want to thank you that through COVID of 16 months... You joined us in unprecedented numbers online for our Willow One prayer. You logged on. We can see when people log on. You know that? Oh, yes. We can see you having your cups of tea. And even your rather big glasses of communion in the morning. Yes. It's a little cup, not a big cup. You know that, don't you? 
a joke. We can't see that. Don't worry. But we can see the numbers of engagement to the people. And it's been so encouraging to know that the one thing that happened throughout the pandemic as we had our monthly prayer meetings was that you stepped in and you joined us. You prayed together. Consistently makes the difference within our lives. Can we build consistency within our lives? I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. Can I just say that there are many glorious treasures and riches within our faith? I think when I think of the um, armor of God and the salvation I've received, the righteousness I've received, the life of truth I've received, the peace of the gospel I've received, the word of God I've received, faith that I've received. These are glorious riches that I think Paul is talking about, linking Ephesians 3, 16 with Ephesians 6. There are glorious riches. We've even received Glorious riches of joy. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Keep the joy of the Lord as your strength. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep the glorious riches. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope. By the power of the Spirit. I love this. Do you know what his glorious riches is to each one of us? His glorious riches are that joy that we receive. That hope that we receive. The glorious riches are when we're in the place of prayer. And we know that we've gone from slogging up the hill to flying down the hill. And we've entered the place of praying in the Spirit. And God has met with us. And joins us and meets us. So I can only say at the end of this message. On this momentous day. Where we have gathered together on the first Sunday after the closure. Full. Though that I am, I am full of joy and hope for the church. For the church at Willow Park. For the church in our city and the church beyond. Because we have been tested. We have been tested. But now we want to proceed and grow in God. And know his presence and power. Let's stand together. Maybe at this moment... It is time for you to fully and completely rededicate your life to Christ. To say to the Lord, I give myself to you. To say to the Lord, power me up. Teach me to be that prayer. Teach me to pray in the Spirit.
each day in all kinds of ways, in all kinds of occasions, in all manner. Teach me. Lord Jesus Christ, we give our lives back to you. Willow Park Church, as your shepherd this morning, I am humbled before you. I'm humbled before you for your true faithfulness, for your love, for your devotion and your willingness to follow Christ. Maybe take a moment and rededicate your whole life to Christ. Ask him to forgive you, to cleanse you, and to fill you. Father, In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I want to pray a blessing on our church. A recommissioning of us for the mission ahead. Congregation, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive God's power. May you know the commissioning power of Christ upon you. As we step into this next chapter. May you know the release of your gifts within you. May you know the confidence to bring the promises of God. May you know his intimacy and his closeness. Be blessed. Be blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And walk forward as a follower of Christ in this next chapter of our history. For those that aren't with us, that are part of us, we pray blessing upon them. For those that are disconnected to us, may you draw them in. For those who are no longer with us, we pray blessing upon them. But Lord, we are ready, we are willing, and we are available to be used by you, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord, and help us. 
We are your servants. We are your servants. Amen.